good. The boots were worn by the wrong man, surely, said the Queen, and that is why they proved a curse rather than a blessing. But we want no enchanted boots. Think of something else. Suppose we weave a magic cloak, proposed Esper, a sweet little fairy who had not before spoken. A cloak? Indeed, we might easily weave that, returned the Queen. But what sort of magic power must it possess? That is where I have any wish instantly fulfilled, said Esper brightly. But at this there arose quite a murmur of protest on all sides, which the Queen immediately silenced with a wave of her royal hand. Our sister did not think of the probable consequences of what she suggested, declared Lulia, smiling into the downcast face of little Esper, who seemed to feel rebuked by the disapproval of the others. An instant's reflection would enable her to see that such power would give the cloak's mortal wearer as many privileges as we ourselves possess. And I suppose you intended the magic cloak for a mortal wearer, she inquired. Yes, answered Esper shyly. That was my intention. But the idea is good nevertheless, continued the Queen, and I propose we devote this evening to weaving the magic cloak. Only its magic shall give its wearer the fulfillment of but one wish, and I am quite sure that even that should prove a great boon to the helpless mortals. Suppose more than one person wears the cloak, one of the band said, which then shall have the one wish fulfilled. The queen devoted a moment to thought, and then replied, Each possessor of the magic cloak may have one wish granted, provided the cloak is not stolen from its lost wearer. In that case, the magic power will not be exercised on behalf of the thief. But should there not be a limit to the number of the cloak's wearers? asked the fairy lying at the queen's feet. I think not. If used properly, our gift will prove of great value to mortals. And if we find it is misused, we can at any time take back the cloak and revoke its magic power. So now, if we're all agreed upon this novel amusement, let us set to work. At these words the fairies sprang up eagerly, and their queen, smiling upon them, waved her wand toward the center of the clearing. At once a beautiful fairy loom appeared in the space. It was not such a loom as mortals use. It consisted of a large and a small ring of gold, supported by a tall pole of jasper. The entire band danced around it thrice, fairies carrying in each hand a silver shuttle with glossy filaments finer than the finest silk, and the threads on each shuttle appeared, a different hue from those of all the other shuttles. At a sign from the queen, they one and all approached the golden loom, and fastened an end of thread in its warp. Next moment they were gleefully dancing hither and thither, while the silver shuttle flew swiftly from hand to hand, and the gossamer-like web began to grow upon the loom. Presently the queen herself took part in the sport, and the thread she wove into the fabric was the magical one which was destined to give the cloak its wondrous power. Long and swiftly the fairy band worked beneath the old moon's rays, while their feet tripped gracefully over the grass, and their joyous laughter tinkled like silver bells, and awoke the echoes of the grim forest surrounding them. And at last they paused, and threw themselves upon the green with little sighs of content, for the shuttles and the loom had vanished. The work was complete, and Queen Lulia stood upon the mound, holding in her hand the magic cloak. The garment was as beautiful as it was marvelous. Each and every hue of the rainbow glinted and sparkled from the soft folds, 
and while it was lightweight as swan's down, its strength was so great that the fabric was well-nigh indestructible. The fairy band regarded it with great satisfaction. Everyone had assisted in its manufacture, and could admire with pardonable pride its glossy folds. "'It is very lovely indeed,' cried little Espa. "'But to whom shall we present it?' The question roused a dozen suggestions, each fairy seeming to favor a different mortal. Every member of this band, as you doubtless know, was the unseen guardian of some man or woman or child in the great world beyond the forest, and it was but natural that each should wish her own ward to have the magic cloak. While they thus disputed, another fairy joined them and pressed to the side of the queen. "'Welcome, Ariole,' said Lulia. "'You are late.' The newcomer was very lovely in appearance, and with her fluffy golden hair and clear blue eyes was marvellously fair to look upon.